up everybody welcome to another edition of curveballs and chair shots my name is brandon tangu and sitting definitely more than six feet away from me is my lovely and esteemed co-host dominic copson who is joining me via zoom not because anyone has the rona but because of some unforeseen circumstances dominic's mom is returning home he's having a little festivities so you know we just decided to sneak it in right now before you know the, the, the real party pops off there How's your mother doing? How was her trip to Washington State? I didn't Washington ask because State? you told me that. Uh, I didn't ask is she, you. Is she going to have like a 40, 40, 40, 40? Have a 40. I don't know. Could you even speak English, Dominic? I'm drunk. And we also have the return of tired Dominic. It's been a while. We've had drunk Dominic on the podcast yesterday. We're, I guess, buzzing Dominic on the podcast yesterday. But, or yesterday. Last week, last there week. we go. It feels just like yesterday. But Dominic has returned back to a, a normal work schedule to where he's working again on Friday. It's been a while since Dominic worked on Friday and doing a podcast the day after. So we're just going to have some great, great moments on the podcast today. I'm sure. I'm sure we will. You know, I'm probably. And uh, Dominic's phone's dying. So he might just drop off and I'm going to have to take this over solo, which I never would do because I, I can't do it without my lovely steam co-host. Right, Dominic? No, you totally could. No, because you know I'm pretty sure there was a time where you know there's other circumstances that stopped me from doing it, and you did it anyways. So, and you totally that was only one know. time. We've only done one solo podcast, and I've only done we've only missed one week, maybe two weeks, maybe three, four. It's no more than two. Anyways, let's jump on into everyone's favorite segment at the top of the podcast. We have the MLB fix. Oh. update. Damn. No. That was close. You were definitely close. We have MLB opening weekend last weekend. And it's seemingly in a week's time, the entire baseball season is all gone to shit. Starting with the Miami Marlins. 17 players and coaches have tested positive for the coronavirus. They were playing against the Philadelphia Phil or they're playing against the Phillies. And then a couple of their players have tested positive as well, which is, or well, not their players, but some staff members have tested positive. So they have shut down their activities for the time being. And then today yeah. we have two St. Louis players testing positive. And now it's come out that Rob Manfred, the joke of a commissioner for major league baseball has come out and Joker. Kind of, he has come out and said that this is kind of a do or die scenario to where this weekend is very essential for MLB to figure out what they're going to be doing. There is definitely a strong possibility that this entire season can be postponed, canceled, shut down completely before it even gets going, Dominic. I, I kind of said this at the beginning when sports started getting back up again that I was excited. I wanted to see it done, but I, I had a, you know, I, I knew in the back of my mind that there was a strong, strong possibility that it only takes a couple you know, weak links or dominoes to tower the take down the entire tower. Well, I mean, if you think about it, the reason I think the NBA was, well, is doing so fine, I guess, is because of the bubble. But I think it's a lot harder to keep the MLB 
community in a bubble. Um, with that being said, though, I think it is totally doable to keep your players, you know, and you know, you can't, you don't, you can't have a life. But I feel like they can't also not let them have a life. So they're going out partying, doing their stuff, and you know, coming back with Rona. Well, I think the players shouldn't be partying. I mean, nobody should be partying. Well, no, I'm not social distancing and being a smart person. I'm saying that they shouldn't. But I mean, how are you going to tell a grown ass man stay in your hotel room? You can't have any social life. You can only go to and from the ballpark, and that's it. No, if they want to go grab a bite to eat at fucking Popeyes, they're going to fucking go. And is that Popeyes chicken sandwich as tasty as it might be? Is it worth your salary? being cut and not playing and losing everything is it would you literally dominic literally for, you keep saying this are you going to risk it for the biscuit for popeye's biscuits goddamn right but for the biscuit as in you know a championship yes so yes so yes yes i'm, I'm risking it for any type of biscuit and you kind of talked about it. The NBA and NHL are starting up. We had the restart of NBA yesterday. The bubble, not only for NBA and NHL, seemingly is working for them, women's soccer, men's soccer. Yes, there was a little hiccup at the beginning of the season. But it seems, though, once you get the bubble, yes, there might be some road bumps ahead. That Once you kind of get everybody in that bubble, then you'll be fine. Now, I think with the NBA – once the playoffs begin and some teams are leaving, they're going to be able to bring in some outside people like family members and friends, which that's going to be an interesting aspect to see where exactly if the COVID spikes, because I mean, then there's also people working in the bubble that are traveling inside and out. And if one person gets it, then it can just kind of be in a, a snowball effect as we're kind of seeing with the Miami Marlins at this point. I mean, it, I, I think, you know, my whole philosophy is if it's not broken, don't fix it. If you have teams that are getting eliminated and they go home, don't bring anyone in. It's just, you know, because, yeah, they may be clean when they come in. That doesn't mean that person won't get it or already has it or something else. I think if you get eliminated, you, 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 just, you shorten that bubble up. Don't, don't bring people in. So let's get back to the baseball some i mean we've had games can't not postpark not canceled but postponed the yankees and the orioles were set to play individually against the the marlins and the phillies so they had to kind of switch things up they played against each other and now mlb has come out and said that for double headers they're going to do that for seven inning double headers so it's going to be like summer ball travel ball and this is obviously to help out the pitchers, help out the players, kind of shorten the game so there's not as many baseball games being played. Obviously, it's a special circumstances. Dominic, kind of your thoughts and maybe the overall picture of the likelihood of MLB getting shut down. We were only a week into it, and it's already gone to hell in a handbasket. I mean, right now, my opinion, I, I, I just I was thinking of something when you were talking, um, you know, if if they can prove, you know, if they could figure out where these people are getting it from, if it's going outside of of a so-called bubble, or if it's just not practicing, you know, wearing a mask, social distancing, washing your hands, all that kind of shit, you know, you think that the team and I would say the team because the team should be able to control their players, but would you be in favor for that team being 
maybe disqualified from the season or something like that. Like, a if if a certain number of people get it, you're out, and then you just forfeit those games. But then when you forfeit those games, you don't only affect that one team; you affect the other teams that they're supposed to be playing. Because let's say if you take out the Miami Marlins, the Phillies, that's two teams that the Yankees, the Rays, the you know Mets, and everybody, all the East Coast teams are supposed to play. So then you have to take it, then you would say that, okay, we're just going to go off winning percentage. But then if they're playing less games, then maybe that also helps them because if they get on a hot streak and there's even less games that they're playing, it's going to unfairly make give them an advantage over the West and Central teams who, in theory, have to play 60 games when maybe the East teams only have to play 54 games or 48 games. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just something in my head, you know, just because, you know, uh, how many people on the Marlins or whoever? Like I can't remember. It's up to seventeen at this point. Uh, up to seventeen, and they're not. So, I mean, they, everything's suspended for the Marlins until Sunday. Phillies, they're suspended. I don't think they're playing right now. And then also St. Louis, their game against Milwaukee is suspended. So right now it's affecting the East and the Central. Hasn't affected West yet, but I feel as though it's only a matter of time. And and that's my thing is. You know, just automatically, just you know, up to seventeen. It's kind of like, all right, you guys are done. You guys clearly can't handle your shit. You guys can't control it. You guys can't do anything. You're done. Every team you go against, they get the victory. You guys stay home. Fuck you guys. That's what I would do, honestly. I mean, I think it's better to remove some of the weak link, weak links out of the division, uh, and then just. I also think that's another thing. It's easy to say that when it's the Miami Marlins, you'd be like, okay, we're going to postpone their games. But if it's the Yankees or the Dodgers, then what is MLB going to do about it? Like, I think they kind (laughs) of lucked into it that it's kind of the shitty teams at this point that's getting it. But then when it's the marquee teams, I think that's when we're going to really see an issue if something happens like that. And then that's something that we'll just have to wait and see. I think Um, being, like you said, being that it's Marlins, no one gives a shit. But if it was a marquee team, you know, MLB would be like, oh no, we're going to, we're going to clean them up and make them healthy. And, you know, they'll sprinkle magic or something. I don't know. So quick answer. What happens with the MLB season? Full 60 games suspended, but finishes suspended, or it just doesn't ever get completed this year. I say. Mm. Part of me wants to say it gets completed just because I really want to see it. Um, I say it's suspended, but does not get completed because um, I feel like they'll get through a couple more weeks. Then you'll have another big spike in the Another team will get spiked up and then you'll get a few more weeks. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to say suspended, not, not, uh, not finished. I'll somewhat agree with you. I'll say it gets suspended. I I feel as though maybe that the, that the season will kind of be completed, but it won't be like, a world series completion, maybe like they move it into like an all-star game type of thing. Or I mean, I think at this point, anything is up for grabs where MLB just wants to get those TV rights and games in. So it, it kind of sucks at this point, but let's actually talk about some real baseball news. We have Justin Verlander, the Astros, not the only time we talk about the Astros on this show. He has gone down with a forearm strain it's you know the early reports was an elbow issue, but a forearm is kind of connected to the elbow. If we're gonna go schoolhouse rock on you guys, so early reports said that he was shut down for the entire season, but 
Uh, it's come out and Joseph Verlander said that he's going to be out for a little bit and get reevaluated. We're going to go over after we do the other news, kind of our knee jerk reactions to the opening week. But Dominic, how does this affect the Astros going forward with Justin Verlander out? I mean, you're losing probably your best pitcher, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, it, it, it really hurts the Astros and for Verlander, um, for him wanting to come back so quick, I understand it. Um, I'm going to say it's probably not the best decision just because, you know, is it worth to, is it really worth not only re aggravating or even further injuring your arm, but is it even worth um, the COVID chances? You know, like I feel like this might be a blessing in disguise for him and he just doesn't know it. Um, So uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I think he'll be stupid to get reevaluated and come back early. I think he should just take it as a season-ending injury and get paid and go home. Yeah, I think it depends on exactly how severe this injury is. If he's able to maybe come back the last couple weeks of this regular season and be able to pitch in the postseason, I think that's definitely what he's shooting for. I don't think he's trying to be out for a couple weeks and then come back and pitch in the middle of August. I think he's definitely looking at a postseason return and maybe he's in a limited fashion to where he's kind of a, a, a long-term reliever, you know, maybe does a spot start every now and then. But it, it definitely does affect the Astros. I mean, we're, we're seeing them, their hitting isn't up to snuff right now, kind of, you know, it's a little harder to, to hit when you don't exactly know what's coming. But also their bullpen isn't too well. I mean, he loves Garrett Cole, so obviously that's going to take a big hit as well. So we're just going to have to wait and see what happens with Justin Verlander. I, I think possibly he'll come back i think everyone was kind of fearing the worst or kind of saying that the worst was going to happen but you just never know maybe he's like john Cena and he'll come back in like a month when he was supposed to be out for six months or something sweet i'd like to see that get thrown to through a table you want to see justin verlander get thrown through a table yes well joe kelly would like to see the astros get thrown to through Ooh. a table as he is the goat he is the hero that we all needed he goes up against the astros we had the long-awaited dodgers and astros series the dodgers swept the astros in that series the big three correa springer and Alardo bregman springer and l2 or yeah correa's hitting the shot of the ball springers are doing so hot uh they all go over in the series we get joe kelly seemingly possibly throwing at the Astros didn't hit a single person, but he was throwing them behind kind of head hunting, quote unquote. He has been suspended for eight games. Obviously he's appealing that and he has gotten more. He has been suspended more than any Astros player who's actually cheating combined. Now, go ahead, me, Brandon. I feel like you got a lot of built up frustrations. We'll let you just what go ahead and for, for a few minutes. I mean, Joe Kelly's the goat. He was making those boo-boo faces. Dominic, I know we're not, we're not live on YouTube. We're not doing a video. I mean, we're doing a video, so I can see it. But would you like to give yeah. me your best Joe Kelly impersonation? I don't know. I appreciate the sound effects. So the podcast listeners can visualize what your face you're making with the sound effects. So, yes. I mean, I think it's kind of BS that he was suspended for eight games. He didn't actually hit anybody. And with the shortened season, eight games – uh, comes out to about 22 games, and that's you know a stupid. I mean, he actually he literally threw at somebody and got into a fight and was only suspended like four games. So I feel six, like six games. See Dominic, look at you, 
being such a smart guy. Look, coming prepared. I, I tried, man. I, I appreciate tried. you, Dominic. So that means you get like one veto if you say some stupid shit on the podcast, and I'll just ignore it. Yes. Fuck yes. So don't waste it. <laughs> I'm gonna waste it. You know, I'm gonna be like, uh, Jack Jack Flannery, and then you're gonna be like, oh goddamn it. So, Dominic, your thoughts on uh, Joe Kelly? The suspension too long, too short, just right. Um, first of all, I think it's way. That's a really harsh punishment. Um, I understand if I understand because of his. I would say he antagonized it. Um, so I do believe the suspension, maybe one or two games, you know, kind of, you know, make your point, be like, Hey, you know, we understand, especially you guys, the Dodgers, we understand you guys are fucking pissed off that basically they screwed you out of the world series, but you know, be better than that. You know, as something as Mike, the situation, uh, says be better, not bitter. There you go. You know, the Dodgers need to be better, not bet bitter over the Astros. He, they need to go out there and do what they did, take care of business. But I understand, you know, a little, you know, a little fucking pissed off, you know, throw the ball a little bit, whatever. But, you know, eight games is way too much. Two, two, three games, I would say would be fair just because he did start everything. He did make all this stuff happen. But game wise is way too much, especially with the shortened season is way too much. I agree. I think I'll go four or five games. That seems about right. Uh, I, I thought it was hilarious. He makes the, the boo-boo faces. And, I mean, in his defense, he was wild that entire inning of work. I mean, he couldn't throw a fastball to save his life. I mean, he, we've all seen the video. Maybe not Dominic has seen the video, but of him setting up a net. I have, trying to throw so the, don't worry. Trying to throw the change up, and he fucking throws it like 30 feet off to the right and breaks yeah. his own window. I mean, that's a major league pitcher right there, folks, and he couldn't hit a big-ass, like, golf net that was like 60 feet in front of him yeah and you know one thing that's funny is so i did watch the video thank you very much i watched the it wasn't the official you know commentary one but it was like the joking one but um you know he was what behind in the count three and oh that with korea was it yes yes so he fucking whatever he threw a little wild who gives a shit it's like you know these you know, these fucking Astro players should have been, should no, know. He, he threw behind Bregman, and then he, like, threw behind Correa, but then he struck out Correa. That's what it was. So who is behind on Bregman, threw behind him, said, whatever, get the fuck out of my face, and then threw behind Correa and then struck him out. So then it's one of those things where it's like, dude, you guys didn't get hit, first of all, so don't be a bitch. Fucking, it's baseball. You guys are heated. Okay, cool. But you guys didn't get hit. Fucking... Stop being a little punk bitch. Fucking play the game. And we're not only seeing the baseball community, like fans and stuff, kind of reacting to this. We're also seeing baseball players react to this strong suspension. And we've even seen it like before when no suspensions were handed to the players themselves. The players, you know, especially kind of the play, well, not like everybody that was involved, but like we get Mike Clevenger, we get, uh, what's his face, Trevor Bauer. We got people just chiming in and just being like, you know, this is, this is BS. He has to spend the guy for so long, even though he didn't technically do anything yet. He made boo-boo faces and was talking shit. But I think it's just another thing of the MLB players kind of not being very happy with Rob Manfred and the MLB ownership and people of that nature. Well, fuck him. Fuck him. Now, let's do some MLB overreactions, Dominic. Just quickly, 
Week one, we get the Yankees and the Rays, top of the AL East. Obviously, the Yankees are haven't played all their games because they're stuck in that Rona situation. So nothing real special there. We got the Red Sox. We kind of thought that they were going to be bad, but we didn't think they were going to be that bad. They lose a series to the Baltimore Orioles, Dominic. What the hell is going on with those Red Sox? I mean, Orioles going to be the wild cold watch, man. Just watch. The wild cold. Cold, cold. Then in the central, we got the Indians and Twins. They're seemingly the one-two punch. I, my, my White Sox aren't doing so hot right now, but I still have faith. They'll, they'll pick it up. They're only, you know, they're two and four. But it's okay. They're going to bring it on back. The Twins absolutely dropping dick right now. They're, they haven't missed a step since last season. The Indians, I've been very surprised. Shane Bieber, he's definitely the front runner. Shane Bieber, not Justin Bieber, Dominic. Okay, figured, figured. Maybe it's, it's his long-lost cousin. He is just absolutely phenomenal at this point. Uh, the Indians, I think they're I, – I mean, I was one of the people who didn't think the Indians were going to do all that well, but I think their pitching is definitely helping them out at this point. I mean, for me, I think I, – I don't think I took the Twins. I think I took – no, I did take the Twins. Never mind. Never mind. I'm going to shut up. Because I was going to say I, I would pick them now, but I, I think I'll double down on them definitely. I think their pitching is doing. I think they're hit. They're firing on all cylinders. I think it's safe to say that they'll win that division. Shout out to the Tigers being four and three. Maybe they could be a sneaky wild card. They can finish third and then maybe uh, make the playoffs. Doubt it, but you never know. Then we go out west. We got the A's and the Astros at three and three. Both teams kind of struggling. I mean, everybody in the West are kind of like all middling around. I being the athlete, this is an athletics podcast. We will be a little biased at this point. I haven't been very impressed with the athletics hitting. They come in spurts. You know, Matt Chapman, he gets a home run. Matt Olson had that walk off grand slam for the first extra inning games with these dumbass rules. But Ramon Laureano's been really good. Outside of that, they haven't really been able to put things together. They just got absolutely shellacked this past uh, couple of days against the Rockies. Pitching wise, they've been absolutely fantastic. Shout out Hayes Lucizar. Yeah, he got bumped around a little bit at the end of his last outing but i thought he's been pretty good and the bullpen in general has been fantastic the a's just need their starting pitching to actually go beyond five innings which hasn't happened yet at this point and that's something that i think has been an issue for them the past few years is their pitching hasn't really been up to sub up to par of others but um i do agree that i think everything else has been pretty pretty good for them yeah, they've been, they're good for four innings, but it's just their pitch count gets up too high that they can't extend past that fifth, sixth inning mark. And then, I mean, the Astros, yeah, they haven't been hitting well at all. They face the Mariners, beat them up a little bit, but then they get swept by the Dodgers. Rangers, I mean, they're kind of, they are where they are. We get the Angels. They lose the first uh, one. They first lose three out of four against the A's. Shohei Otani gets absolutely shellacked in his first outing coming back from his injury, Dominic, your thoughts on Shohei, not even recording a single out when he pitched on Sunday. I mean, I'm fine with it. I mean, I don't see why I need to say anything else. I'm happy. I feel like the Angels – it's the Angels – in my opinion, the Angels are the only team I was worried about for the A's with, with the whole new playoff system and everything. The Angels are the only team I was nervous about the A's not getting in the playoffs. So I, if he wants to keep – fucking performing like he did fine with me as much as i enjoy the a's beating up on shohei otani i think it is bad for ball i think him being good both pitching and hitting i think that's definitely good for the game 
So it did suck. I mean, he looked absolutely atrocious. He couldn't throw anything for a strike, and his fastball that was up in the high 90s is like a 92. So it is what it is. So let's go out east. We got the Marlins technically in first place with a 2-1 and one record because they haven't played a goddamn game in a week. So shout out to the Marlins, first placed in the east. We get the Braves, Mets, Nationals, and Phillies all the way down at the bottom. The Phillies also have only played three games as well. I mean, they're all just kind of bunched up, nothing really much to talk there. The Central, the Cubs in first place. The Brewers are 3-3, three and three, but we all kind of said Christian Yelich has to carry that team, but Christian Yelich hasn't really been doing anything for the Brewers in this first week of the season. And it's fucking killing me inside because I think I picked him for MVP, I think. I'm not too sure. But he needs to step up his game, definitely. Mr. X and my team, the Cincinnati Reds, 2-4, and four, not off to the greatest start. They have these highlight plays. We have Sonny Gray doing absolutely fantastic in his two starts, but they just haven't been able to put it all together just quite yet to uh, get those wins. Then we go out west, and we have the Rockies. Yes, the Rockies are in first place, 4-1. and one. And then in second place, we have the Padres, 5-2, and two, the Dodgers also at 5-2, and two, and the Giants, surprisingly, not too bad at 3-4. and four. We got Mike Yastrzemski hitting that absolute piss missile out to McCovey Cove for that uh, ninth inning walk-off win. I've never heard of piss missile. That was fucking funny. You've never heard of a piss missile before? Never heard of so it. I'm just, I'm just introducing you to these baseball terminologies with dropping you are. dick and piss missiles. Yeah, I, I mean, that's pretty much it, though. But That's because we haven't had baseball, and I haven't been at games and be like, you know. Dropping these Dominic, look at that on. piss missile. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, he's dropping dick, Dominic. And I've been like, yeah, totally. Well, I mean, if we're at an A's game and there's children around, I'm probably not going to just yell out piss missile. I mean, I probably you would, more- you would yell dropping dick instead. Yeah, bro, Matt Olson's dropping mad dick right now, bro. And little Timmy goes, "Daddy, what's dropping dick?" That's what I did to your mama last night, son. <laughs> anyway, anything on the West? The Rockies doing fantastic. You think anything can keep this up? Nah, I, I think the Dodgers. I think the Rockies will do Rocky things. Come in second place. Dodgers Would you say it's a rocky place. road ahead? You shut the fuck up. I try. I try. All right, let's move on. We actually have some breaking news. Don't know if Dominic has even seen this yet, but the NFL has come down with a suspension finally. Oh, on Antonio on, Brown. On Antonio Brown. It's been a while. I don't know what has taken them so damn long, but if and when he sus- uh, signs with an NFL team, he will be suspended for eight games. We had Lamar Jackson allegedly the number one player in the NFL. That's a whole different discussion for another day. But he has kind of campaigned for Antonio Brown to be on the, um, I want to say the Orioles. It's not the Orioles. It's the Ravens. Very similar teams. Both birds. He has his cousin, nephew, Hollywood Brown. I forget exactly the relationship. But uh, Dominic, your thoughts on Antonio Brown being suspended? And does this, I mean, we all knew this was going to happen, but how likely is him getting signed to a team right now because of this it's very unlikely he'll get signed but i mean Ever? if he doesn't i don't know and that's the thing if he doesn't get signed wouldn't that be a harsher punishment than being suspended for eight games because it doesn't kick in until he gets signed so my thing is he could just say fuck it i'm done and then you know but i i, I think for me if i was him i'd be like hey look if I don't get signed within like three years, can I fucking just get it, you know, like abolished or whatever? 
But then in three years, he's like in his 30s. And do you really want to sign that guy who hasn't been exactly. in the league for four years? Exactly. I mean, people are, you know, saying, oh, we should sign Terrell Owens because he went like stride for stride with Tyree Kill in a 40 yard dash, even though Tyree Kill probably wasn't trying all that hard. Ooh. I think T.O.'s going to come over to your house and beat your ass later for that comment. I'm sorry, T.O. T.O. definitely underrated. I think people hate on him just because of who he is. I believe that too. I, I mean, I think at this point, I mean, it is kind of like a marquee, you know, a trade in a way. If you sign him, you know, sit him out for halfway through the season. If it is a playoff team like the Ravens, they could, you know, get that extra boost if somebody goes down or they aren't, uh, you know, that need that extra jump uh, in the second half of the season. I can see maybe like a, a, I don't know if you want like a playoff team to sign him because it's like, do you really need that headache? But it's also like they would benefit the most because they get the talent for the playoff push. And that's the thing that I think, you know, some teams need to to be able to see the the has the studio the, audience the, arrived. The, yes, uh, you got to see the bright Glass side. Shatters. <laughs> you got to see the bright side with signing signing him is yeah he's going to be out for eight games, but um, uh, you know. In the end, he's going to be worth it. Yes, we are live, Mary. Jeez, we're not actually. I mean, we're not actually live. On, we're not actually live on YouTube. We're just live, as in we're doing the podcast should right I, now. Should I flip the camera on her? Look, look at her. Ooh. Anyways, Antonio Brown may be sitting out the NFL season because he doesn't have a choice. But we do have some NFL players who have come out and said that they will be sitting out for the 2020 season. We get Dante Hightower. We get some other. Uh, New England Patriots sitting out. We have the guard from the Chiefs who is also a doctor. He is sitting out and he's also doing some good. He's going to be helping fight the COVID. Uh, so Dominic, kind of your thoughts. We're seeing the first uh, players to come out and say they're sitting out. Obviously we're in training camps going to start up soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, any thoughts on the NFL now seeing signs of people sitting out? Do you, I, the question I just want to ask is, do you think more people, players will be coming out anytime soon or do you think it's just going to be the ones that like the more of the you know second third string or do you think do you see do you see any more first string you know stars sitting out and that's kind of what we talked about with the mlb we have nick markakis who was a fucking pussy not because of his actions with the covid virus but he is coming back to the atlanta braves i mean thus far we haven't had too many marquee names actually sit out yet for major league baseball nfl you know that's even a slipperier slope because it's like you're not making guaranteed money you could you know sit out I mean, dak prescott but i don't know exactly what the the rules and regulations if dak prescott were to sit out does that mean just means he gets to free agency like what mookie Betts could have done probably not but the nfl has come out and said that they have the protocols in place the players association I, don't, I mean, I think they've agreed to it, but I don't think it's, you know, the best plan in the world. So we're just going to have to wait and see on that. I definitely do think that there will be more players sitting out. Maybe they come to training camp. They're not really happy what's going on, and then they sit out. Okay. I, yeah. I, 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 see, I see that happening, yeah. And then, of course, we had the after-podcast Saturday breaking news that always happens. Of we course. Get, we get Jamal Adams. He has finally been traded. He is going from New York. He's going cross country. He is going from the New York Jets to the Seattle Seagulls. So the Jets have 
traded Jamal Adams and their 2022 fourth round pick for safety Bradley McDougald. McDougald? I don't know. <laughs> also, their 2021 first and third round pick, as well as the 2022 first round pick as well. So two firsts and a third plus a safety for Jamal Adams and a fourth in a couple years. Definitely Seattle wants him. Do they need him? Quite possibly their defense hasn't been the same since the Legion of Boom. And when it comes to the draft, you're trading two first and a third. Maybe one of those hits and you can get someone comparable to Jamal Adams, but it's definitely not a guarantee. Sorry, I'm reading Mr. X's questions because I'm trying to get ready for it. Well, you should have done that beforehand, Dominic, before we started. Well, I fucking told you that I can't. Mm, fuck you, Brandon, you punk ass bitch. Well, are you going to answer, talk about Jamal Adams being traded? I mean, I feel like it. do the Seattle Seahawks need him? I'm going to say no, but I think it just bolsters their roster even more. If anything, he is a bargaining chip that you can use for draft picks later down the line. Um, I mean, his contract I, I th- is coming up, so you probably want to sign him because if you're going to trade all those picks, you better have him past 2022 or else it's definitely a waste of time and waste yes. of money. So, I mean, I, I, I think – I'm not going to say it's a good fit, but I think it, it, it kind of fills the hole that um, – who was the safety for fucking Seattle for the longest time? Went to the Niners. What was his name? Safety, you mean, you mean Richard Sermon? Yeah, it kind of fills the a voice. cornerback. So you have used your Dominic. You God know. damn it. I knew it was going to happen. I, I, well, I thought you were going to go with Cam Chancellor, but you went. When you yeah, said the 49ers, Cam Chancellor. Yeah, Cam, that guy. Yeah, yeah. But he did not play for the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, what team was he play for? Oh, my God. I didn't know. Innocence. Do I get my veto back? No, he don't. It, it's, God damn it's it. done. It's gone. Damn it. So. I, 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 was, I only could correct you, but I cannot bury you. Oh, okay. That's fine. Uh, speaking of the San Francisco 49ers, their uh, star defensive end, Nick Bosa, his brother Joey Bosa, has just go. gotten paid five years, $135 million to re-sign with the Los Angeles Chargers. $75 million of it is guaranteed. Dominic, your thoughts? Well worth it? Overpaid, overrated. I feel like the he is the worst of the Bosa's, in my opinion. Maybe because he's a little older, been in the league a little longer, but I feel like he's not. A little bit of injuries. Exactly. I would say he's not. I wouldn't say he's. He's probably a, a smidge overpaid. I would pay him a little less. Guarantee the same amount, but pay him a little less. I think it's a good sign, and I think he's definitely up there. I mean, with the Chargers right now not having a lot of marquee players, you got Keenan Allen, you don't really have a quarterback, at, or I guess they drafted the quarterback, but you don't exactly know if he's going to pan out. So yeah. I think Joey Bosa is probably their best player as of this point. Yeah, he might have some injuries, but when he's on the field, he's damn good. He's in that you know top class of DM, DNs or DMs, DNs. I don't know what I'm talking about right DM now. us at curveballs and chairshots.com. On the Twitter. Uh, and also, you can slide into the DMs on Instagram because we have an Instagram now. We don't have a single post. Maybe we'll post it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Maybe we'll post dick pics. Well, Dominic, someone, you promised dick pics and you were not. I know. never once promised. I said possibilities. Anyways, that, 
So we already kind of talked about this a little bit. The NBA and NHL are back. So on Saturday, a full slate of games. We got the NHL, MLB, NBA. We got some UFC. We have some WNBA. So much sports on Saturday. But Dominic, your thoughts now? NBA, NHL coming back. NBA started off yesterday with the Jazz and the Pelicans, as well as the battle for LA. You, you excited for the NBA to come back? We're not going to go over any playoff predictions. Once the official regular season ends, then we'll kind of go over our predictions right now. And Dominic is getting fed a hot dog. As soon as I throw it to you, you start gnawing down on a hot dog. Oh, I thought I just see her walking in the room and she has a hot dog. I'm like, that's probably she's gonna give me a bite of that. And then, it's yours. oh, it's mine. You told me to bring you one. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I did not tell you to bring you one. I say you want a hot dog. You're like, yeah. Oh, I did. Oh, I mean, we are Anyways. recording a podcast. I would think that we would have it on tape that you said yes, but I don't remember that happening. It, he doesn't remember. What? Me saying, bring me a hot dog. Uh, but were, I will definitely take muted. it. I will definitely take that hot dog, though. You were muted. So, uh, I, stop, I'm trying to talk about how sports are back, and I'm totally going to be watching all the sports, all the sports, right, Brandon? Because mm-hmm, you have a sports and wrestling podcast. you got to keep up on everything. Exactly. So, um, you know, if... I feel like it's going to be a lot to handle, but uh, can't wait. I'm excited. She ate my hot dog. Oh, my God. And, um, you know, can't wait to see what happens. I cannot wait to see what happens as well as Dominic quickly tries to nod on on that hot dog. Dominic, thank God we're not live on YouTube. We were almost going to, but we didn't. So you're lucky that we do not just have that visual of a hot dog wiener sticking out of your mouth. But I am excited to see what the NBA does. Not a single positive test has come out from both the NBA and the NHL, so definitely the bubble scenario seems to be working. We had the battle for L.A. The Lakers end up winning that. I still, if you want to refresh us, Dominic, on who we have picking uh, for the finals, I think I, I believe I had the Bucks losing to the Los Angeles Clippers. I think I had the Bucks beating Lakers or Lakers beating Bucks. Can't remember. We both had L.A. teams winning it all. I had the Clippers with yes. the Lakers. There you go. Boom. So, Boom. as we transition into wrestling, we always have to do uh, have to go to the mailbag. And Dominic, what is what does that mean when you go to the mailbag? As a, are you like starting? Is it like a new way to do Mister X's questions of the week? I'm just trying something different. All right, I can't experiment. Going to the mailbag for Mister X's questions of the week. Is that cool? Yes, and if anybody would like to join the mailbag, and have your own little jingle as well. Where would they uh, email us at, Dominic? You want to go to curveballncs at gmail.com. You can also DM us at Twitter, curveballs and chair shot, or curveballs and CS. Um, Instagram, curveballs and CS. Facebook, curveballs and chair shots, you know. And if you do send us a question, I will create a jingle, a personal jingle off the top of my head, live on the air. Might be good, might be bad. Don't know. So, and then maybe X, after like five or ten people start emailing us, then we might just have to clump them all together and just have like a mailbag jingle. Answer the question. Go 
Say the question. Oh. Anyways, so uh, the first part, Brandon, he just wants to talk about how his reds aren't helping his blood pressure, which, Mr. X, if you have high blood pressure, go get it checked out. Um, basically, you take fuck them all. You take fuck them all. <laughs> basically, uh, not helping his blood pressure. Seems like they're falling back on the pattern of starting pitching more, specifically, Sonny Gray, Luis Castillo doing great only to have the bullpen blow it. Spill the ketchup. Um, So, the first question, Brandon, and I feel like I have a good answer, and I don't know if you have a good answer to this, but he wants to know what is the number one regret if you have one as a sports fan? His was never going to Riverfront Stadium to see the Reds or the Bengals play. So, Brandon, what's your number one regret as as a sports fan? My number one regret. So, Dominic, if you said you had an answer to this, so why don't you answer it first? So maybe it'll maybe make me think of something. I think, hmm, I think my number one regret would not be going to more Raider games when I was younger or maybe, you know, not, maybe it's a few years back and going to more, not, you know, being such a, you know, for lack of a better word, a pussy, and just being like, oh, I don't want to go because of this and that. I feel like I should have gone to more because um, the few that I went to, I really enjoyed them, especially being at that ball, that stadium. and It's real fun. You know, very, very tight-knit base. Um, but, uh, I mean, for everything else, I mean, I've been to Giants games, A's games, been to Barracuda, ga- Barracuda games, you know. I, I don't really have a lot of regrets. So I think the only one I would really say is just not going to enough Raider games. Yeah, I mean, the the one Raider game we went to, it was fun. It is kind of a headache. So, I mean, I don't know if I could do that multiple times a year. But I, I don't really have that many regrets as well. I think maybe the one that I would think of is maybe going to maybe a little more Warrior games, not like, you know, at the height of their popularity or anything like that. But maybe kind of going to some more, you know, early 2010 games or maybe some, you know, Obviously, I had to like ask my parents, and I didn't really ask them to do that. So maybe kind of go into more basketball games because it seemed like a good time down at the Oracle, and it's just not going to be the same when they're at Chase. Sorry, Mark's muted. Um, said for baseball, realistically. Um, question for wrestling, Brandon. And it's a question that you have to answer because I think it's a yes, okay? Does Vince hate Asuka? At the end of this day, you could say WWE did their job in pissing off fans by having Sasha win the title in the most dumbass fashion to get us invested. But are they setting up a long feud to help bring out the badass Asuka we all know and love? Or are they just going to have Sasha and Bailey keep the gold until things get back to normal? Or, he had a question mark with a couple exclamation points, could they be setting up Sasha and Bailey falling out and having a match to unify the women's titles? I did not like what they did with Asuka. I did not like that finish to that match. We'll get a little bit more into it. Does Vince hate Asuka? I don't think so. I think it's more Vince doesn't know how to book and do finishes and you know tell a cohesive storyline. And Asuka just seems to be collateral damage. With Asuka, she's been a focal point for pretty much the entire quarantine Raws and SmackDowns when she was kind of jumping back and forth. And 
I think this is just, I put it more on Vince just being inept more than him not liking or seeing anything in Asuka. Because I, I think he does see something in Asuka, her being valuable. Yes, she doesn't speak the greatest of English and can cut fantastic promos or even cut, you know, a 10-minute promo like Bailey and Sasha can. It's just him being Vince. But also, Dominic, some, I don't know if it's breaking news, but I did get an alert on my phone that MLB has told networks that broadcast MLB games to prepare for alternate programming next week in case the league shuts down. So, oh so, shit, stuff is already getting put into motion that if something could happen or if something, maybe something else happens or if more shit goes down, that the league could get shut down. I don't know if that means shut down forever or just shut down for a few weeks. Well, shit, we'll have to wait and find out now. I wonder what's going to happen. Why don't they just air old games or something like that? But I mean, they've yeah. been doing that since the beginning of the season exactly okay and uh last but not least a aew question for our aew expert brandon am i alone in thinking that they oh i'm sorry helps if i learn how to read again right let's try this again am i alone in thinking that the way they have colt cabana seem like he's clueless as to what the dark order do whenever mr brody walks up to him in the back stupid he comes off like a little kid going they seem like good guys i'm always nice to me they wouldn't steer me wrong what do you think brandon i'm not in love with the colt cabana dark order storyline I don't think I dislike it as much as Mr. X does. Yeah, it is kind of stupid that Colt would just think that he doesn't, you know, he, he can't like watch, Im- not Impact, he can't watch, you know, the television when he's getting put into the back when the Dark Order do their Dark Order things and attack people six on one or whatever. But I think it's kind of more, I like, I think it's like the storyline of Colt never had any friends, he's losing. And he just has blind optimism. And that's just kind of the Cole Cabana character that he just hopes and maybe wishes that Dark Order are better people than what they actually are. I love your answer. And that will do it for Mr. X's questions of the week. Okay, I'm done. Now let's move on to SmackDown. We don't really talk about SmackDown all that much. SmackDown? Yes, SmackDown. She's going to fall. Are a Jeff Hardy podcast, as you guys all know. So if Jeff Hardy does something, we got to talk about it. He was in the bar fight with Sheamus, a sort of cinematic match. And we get Jeff Hardy coming out on top. We get some spooky, uh, I don't even know, supernatural powers from Jeff Hardy. We get the, the hat put on his face and then Sheamus lifts up the hat and he has the Whatever face paint called, the face paint and the content lenses and he goes all super saiyan he hits a swanton off the ladder beats up Seamus, and then he snaps out of it so dominic you're the resident jeff hardy guy yes i am your thoughts on the match itself and maybe what this sets up later on down the line match was garbage the whole thing was fucking garbage it disappoints me as a jeff hardy fan to be witnessing this okay i was gonna ask after that before you cut me off where does Jeff Hardy go from here now? Does this mean he has a change of character? Is this like his demon or is he going to do this all the time now? I feel like it was, it's their way of kind of, I feel like cause with Matt, Matt was the broken gimmick. I feel like it kind of gives them the same thing with him is to be like broken, so to speak. Fuck. Um, uh, Mary, I'm live on the air, please. 
Someone just rip ass. Oh, I did not fart. <laughs> I did not fart. What you're talking about? I never fart. It was it um, was the dog. It was definitely the dog. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know what happens. I'm sure it sets up him and Seamus or him and somebody else. But I I don't know. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Jeff. He doesn't want to be there anyway. So we get SummerSlam. Coming up in a few weeks, we talked about it being not taking place in Boston. We also talked about the possibility of maybe it happening somewhere else. And there are some rumors and speculation that possibly some of them could be moved to a beach, possibly moved to a ship. Maybe not the entire show, but maybe a match here and there just for you know SummerSlam to have that different feel being different than the Raws and everything that's just been kind of cooped up in the performance center obviously i i don't know if this means that they're going to have fans socially distanced and masks and all that other stuff we have seen some indies do that but dominic i'm trying to spread this out as dominic is gnawing on his food your thoughts on SummerSlam possibly happening at a beach or some sort of summery place i think it'd be pretty cool to have uh to have it on a like okay hear me out you have the Jericho Cruise, right? You know, whatever he goes on a trip, whatever. Wouldn't it be cool to have, you know, a way for WWE to kind of shoot on him and have like a WWE pay-per-view crew, not cruise because you can have people, but you know, you can have, um, you know, wrestling match on, on a ship on the sea, you know, and you can like, you know, Ooh, maybe on a ferry going through like New York city or something like that. And you know, you can have like, you know, Randy Orton RKO someone in front of the Statue of Liberty. Like, that'd be pretty cool, right? It would be so cool, Dominic. No, fuck you. I'm just going ideas, all right? I don't know if that's going to happen. I think probably it's going to happen somewhere in the Florida area just because that's where mostly everyone's based out of. That's where the PC is and all that other stuff. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying, you know, it would be cool to be able to, like, go by a landmark and, like, hit, you know, a move in front of it or something. You know, it would be pretty cool. So what do you, do you think there is a possibility of SummerSlam, maybe not the entire show, but a match here and there being outside of the Performance Center just because Vince is kind of dying to do something else? I think they need to because I think it's getting – I'm not saying it's getting stale, but I'm saying it's 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 slowly just being so so much the same. It's like getting really boring. And we're going to talk about these boring things later on in the podcast. But first, we asked for this to happen – and AEW, listen to everybody. They have signed Eddie Kingston. Obviously, he impressed a lot of people with his match against Cody Rhodes. Dominic, your thoughts on them signing him, and what do you think his future will be with the company? Wasn't really high on him. Um, still still not. I, I feel like he he's just very, not going to say different, but he just never really attracted me. When he was in TNA, it was okay. But, um, I mean, the match is great. Phenomenal. Kudos to him. Um, I hope whatever he does works in AEW, but I wouldn't be surprised if they release him pretty soon. I feel like he's kind of just going to be there for a while and then leave. I don't I don't see him being a long-term tenure there. Yeah, I don't think he's going to do anything main event, you know, super high card. I think with Jimmy Havoc, who knows exactly what he's 
going to be doing. Maybe he could be kind of like a replacement for him, just kind of someone in the mid card, a veteran can kind of do that hardcore style and he can cut a really good promo. Uh, You know, I don't think they're going to do anything with Cody at this point with him, but I definitely think there is some good possibilities. We have some other signings that we're going to talk about with AEW, but I think he is a good one. I'm excited to see, but AEW just seems like they're just stackpiling talent and, you know, yeah, they have Joey Janela and some other people that are really talented and they're not doing too much with them. So I am a little worried that maybe Kingston and some others can't get lost in the shuffle because they're adding some more people to the roster. Mm, doesn't that sound like WWE, you know, having all these talented people, but yet they sign other ones? But AEW has a much better product than WWE. Okay, whatever you say, Kimosabi. Speaking of WWE, we have the match we all kind of thought was going to happen at SummerSlam. Randy Orton challenges challenges Drew McIntyre to the WWE Championship at SummerSlam. We get McIntyre responding. He has a match with Dolph Ziggler. He has his own stipulation, Extreme Rules. Good match. McIntyre goes over pretty strong, as he should have. And then RKO out of nowhere. Randy Orton leaves the champ lane, holds the title in the air. So we're getting the match. We all kind of knew it was going to happen, but this was the first step to that happening. And I thought it was fine. I feel like it was perfect. You know, Randy throws it out there. Drew accepts. Everything's easy peasy, lemon squeezy, and then out of nowhere RKO. I think it was phenomenal. I don't feel it was phenomenal. I thought it was good, you know, straightforward type of stuff. And I think there's a not a strong possibility, but I think there's a chance that Randy Orton could walk away champion after this just because I think they like what he's doing. McIntyre, for better or for worse, isn't drawing the ratings and isn't, you know, spiking viewership by any means. So I think Vince might be worried. Some would be like, Randy Orton's a legacy star. Everyone knows him. If we put the title on him, then everything will be better. And then it's just going to be the same old shit. Well, I also think that if this was in front of a live crowd, shit would be different too. But it's not. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. We get Sasha Banks taking on Asuka. No, or I guess if whoever, whether it be Sasha the heel who cheated to get the title or Asuka the babyface who got cheated out of the title, technically, you can lose by or win by countout or disqualification. We get Kyrie and Bailey chasing off to the back. Sasha and Asuka have a pretty good match, 10, 12 minutes. And then just so happens that right when Asuka is going to win, Bailey is killing Kyrie in the back and there's a camera and the camera just happens to put a feed on the Titan Tron and Asuka's going back and forth on what she should do. Should she save her friend? Should she beat Sasha to win the title? Could she do both? Probably. But did she? Of course not. She runs to the back, gets counted out. So now Sasha Banks is the Raw Women's Champion, the first champion to win via countout, I think since Dustin Rhodes or somebody in WCW in the early 90s. There's some facts for you, buddies. Oh, so fucking terrible. Like, I mean, I much rather had Sasha roll her up, get a one, two, three, you know, than fucking a count out victory. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I mean, with Extreme Rules, the entire show was just good wrestling with shit finishes. This definitely goes on that streak as well. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think if you want Sasha, you could still do a shitty finish, but you don't have to have it that shitty. You can have a distraction finish. I wouldn't want that to happen. I, if you want, just have Sasha beat Asuka straight up. And then Asuka, if you're going to do the rematch at SummerSlam, then just have the rematch at SummerSlam. I feel as though sometimes WWE wants to protect everybody. 
And then when you protect everybody, you protect no one. And then that's the thing. And it's, that's WWE for you. That's Vince for you. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens with next week. You know, maybe we'll get, uh, you know, a rematch or something. Dominic Mysterio, obviously Dominic spelt wrong because he spells yeah. it with the K. He makes his illustrious return to try to get some revenge on his father. He goes and tries to attack Seth Rollins and his buddy Murphy. Comes up a little short. Aleister Black tries to make the save. They fight him off, and Aleister Black joins Rey Mysterio as he gets an eye to the step. Fantastic. And, you know, I think that's so stupid that they're still going on with that fucking eye gimmick. But, you know, this is all, all going to lead to Mysterio coming back. It's going to be Dominic's first professional, so-called professional wrestling match with WWE. And they're going to, um, you know, Ray's going to come out and, and beat him. So so what do you think it's going to be Dominic and Seth straight up? Is it a tag match so you can hide him a little bit? What do you think? Like, what's the point of this? You would think that maybe Alistair could be the backup. Ray hasn't signed a contract apparently he doesn't have an eyeball what the hell is going on we have like three weeks i think until SummerSlam. so yeah no yeah look it up i don't know that's code word for dominic is tired dominic is doing some other shit dominic's hungry because and he just flipped me off because he knows i'm right nigga i'm just trying to eat some fucking weenies dog what'd you say Anyways, we go on to Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax. They start off uh, with Nia Jax coming out after Randy Orton, who declared that he wanted to be champion. So Nia Jax said the exact same thing. Then we get Shayna Baszler. They go back and forth. They have a scheduled match. Match doesn't actually happen. They go into a brawl. Nia Jax gets fined because she put her hands on a referee. So it seems, though, we're going to get Shayna Baszler taking on Nia Jax. We thought maybe it was going to be Shayna versus Asuka. But I am, I guess, happy that Shayna is actually in a storyline. Yes, it is two heels. But I think with them being two, quote-unquote, badasses, it could be fun. I don't think this is a way to turn either one of them babyface. I think they'll still stay heel in this feud. I pray to God that Shayna Baszler comes out on top. Dominic, your thoughts on Shayna and Nia having these two heels go at it <laughs> and possibly, you know, wrestling at SummerSlam or whatever. I mean, I feel like it would, I, I enjoy it. Cause they're, to me, they're both two badass bitches. You know, they're both, uh, capable, uh, <laughs> they're both capable of throwing a punch, taking a punch, kicking ass, taking names. And um, if Nia I, does some Nia things, Shayna can protect herself. Well, I don't think Shayna will be hesitate. Will not hesitate to, put her fist in her face you know can you imagine if naya you know was a little rough i think shannon just be like fuck you bitch and just punch her straight in the jaw so i'm not i i part of that's why part of me is happy for it but the other part of me is kind of like it's two heels i'm not really too excited for it because sasha is a heel so it's kind of like eh, i don't know how to feel then finally we had andrade and angel garza become the number one contenders to the Raw Tag Team titles. So they will face the Street Profits at SummerSlam. They defeated the Viking War Raider Experience, as well as Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. It was a fine match. It's, you know, the easy way out. We get the heels, take on the baby faces. It is what it is. 
it is what it is, and I hope they win. I don't want Street Profits to retain. I want them to win. Now, let's move on to the Wednesday Night Awards. We have AW Dynamite. They kick off with the best friends and friends, defeating the inner circle. Uh, Ten guys in the match, kind of spotty, kind of, I don't know if I'd say clunky, but just kind of all over the place. You get the kind of distraction, crappy finish. Sammy Guevara eats the pin, so they're kind of sending another message that, look, yeah, he was gone for 30 days, but he's not getting to push out the gate. He's the designated job guy. Still think the suspension is too short, but we get the best friends and friends getting the dub. I thought he wasn't suspended. I thought he was he took he was taking an absence for But know, he wasn't his, getting paid, so it kinda is a suspension. I guess so, whatever. Um I'm getting a little I'm not gonna I'm gonna say tired of this ten man, eight man tag matches. I just want them to kind of just do away with that for a while. But just, next week you got a twelve man tag match, Dominic. Get excited. Because oh, what's God, better than see, a 10-man tag? A 12-man 12. tag. And then they're going to go to fucking 14. And they're going to go to 16. And then they're going to go to 20. And then they're just going to do the whole entire roster. I mean, they got, a, they got a whole stadium to play with. You can fit a lot of people in a stadium. Exactly. And that's what's making me nervous. Then we get, well, later on in the show, we get an inner circle promo. Uh, Chris Jericho challenges Orange Cassidy to a debate with a special guest moderator. So I don't know if we're going to make any predictions on who this moderator could be, but it should be fun seeing Orange Cassidy in the debate. Mike Tyson. All right. You heard it here first, folks. It will be Mike Tyson. Then moving on, we had the TNT championship match. Cody defends against Warhorse. A lot of people have been wanting him to challenge Cody. They got their wish. Cody wins. It was all right. I wasn't exactly impressed by him. I mean, he's he's a different look. He's a different character. So if they want to sign him, cool. I just don't really see anything. You know, I don't see any major upside with Warhorse at this point. I didn't know who the fuck he was until I looked into him. So the guys will show you how popular he is with me. Then we get the inner circle beating up on Cody. We get uh, the save by Matt Cardona or the Dark Order. I forget what happens. We get Matt Cardona making his debut. Good for him. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. Your thoughts on Matt Cardona joining AEW? Kind of thought this was going to happen because he is best buds with Cody. I think he's one of those guys that, yeah, he might have been downgraded with from WWE, but people loved him. He got over on his own. He changed up his look enough to where he's not an exact ripoff of Zack Ryder in WWE. He's not just Zack or Ryder like Heath Slater is in Impact. So I think he's changed up enough, and I think – he is worth taking a shot on in AEW. I think if all goes well, he'll. I'm not going to say he's going to be a world champion, but I can see him being a TNT champion. I can see him being a tag champion. Um, you know, I do like how he is Matt Cardone, not, you know, uh, Zach or how you said Zach Ryder or, you know, Matt Ryder or something stupid like that, you know. So, uh, and plus, Homeboy looks jacked too. He looks zacked, one might say. I also like that Maybe. if he doesn't work out as a baby face, there definitely is, I think, a good upside and a good story to tell with him being a heel. We haven't seen him be a heel, really, and you can tell the story of him not being utilized properly or you know, everyone just taking him for granted or something like that. So I think there's definitely some different ways you can go with him. Then we get FTR signing their AEW contract. They say that they want 
Tag Team Appreciation Night, which is going to happen in a few weeks on the 12th. They want their matches to have rules strictly enforced. We get Arn Anderson coming into the mix. They cheers with Hangman Page. So just a nice, fun little segment, just kind of establishing their character. Nothing really much to say here, I guess. Not really. I mean, it it was, I think, good. I think it's fun. And it was, I liked how they, they actually said they want their the rules to be officiated, like upheld, like strictly, not, you know, someone gets, a, you know, something stupid, how WWE happens all the time. Then we get Hangman and Kenny Omega defeating Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. They defend their AEW tag team titles and they win. We get a big old brawl between FTR and the Elite and Dark Order, which sets up that 12-man tag that we talked about. Maybe Dark Order got a little bit too much offense in on the tag champs just because they weren't someone who we really saw a lot on Dynamite. Yes, they've been stockpiling wins on Dark, but I mean, the match itself, I thought it was good. And we get that mega 12-man tag next week, which I think something's going to happen where the Elite or whatever will implode and Dark Order will steal a victory. Even though it is the Dark Order, you have like, three or four jobbers in that whole squad so mega chest someone's playing uh fortnite no wow tifty i said no are we fragging tonight dominic maybe we fragging tomorrow maybe and the day after maybe and the day after yes and the day after yes Britt baker had a segment she called out uh big swole she said that big swole Big Swole is going to have to face a person of her choosing. You would think that maybe this is Reba or Rebel. Oh, I thought Reba McIntyre's about to run out. Glass shatters. Reba comes out. Uh, I mean, it was fine. Britt Baker, I think, is good in small doses out of at this point. I think you don't want to overexpose her too much. You know, she comes out, cuts a little promo. It's not the role model shtick that she was doing with Tony a week ago and the week after. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, since she's still not coming back for a time, for some time, it's, I think, uh, like you said, small doses, way better than a large amount of Brit. We get the AW Women's Champion, Hikaru Shida, defeating Diamante. Non-title match. They only go about five minutes. This match was not very good. Clunky, slow, and nobody got hurt. That's all we can ask for, I guess. Yep, that's always our motto. Don't get hurt. Staying in the women's division, they have their whatever deadly catch or whatever deadly draw women's tag team tournament. Nyla Rose picks her color. It just happens to be purple, and the person who picked purple just happens to be there. And guess who it is? It is Arion, the former WWE Funkadactyl Cameron. She has debuted in AEW. Didn't even know she was still wrestling don't think anybody asked for her to return to a or to show up in AEW. What the fuck? <laughs> I think that's literally, I audibly said, what the fuck? And I laughed. It's because she was garbage. I mean, granted, I, you know, I'll give it her. She was probably better than Eva Marie, but that's a very low bar. It's exactly. It's very low, but um, yeah, I, I don't see why. I mean, I, I think I would have liked, you know, you know, Awesome Kong could have been there, um, you know, I, or you know, shit. She could have picked some, you know, just pick some random fucking person, you know. But yeah, I, yeah, a- I, don't, I don't know how to talk go, about it. 
AEW shouldn't, as I've kind of said before, they shouldn't sign, you know, a lot of these WWE cast-offs. And I thought Matt Cardona's a good signing. FTR, yeah. Brody Lee, John Moxley, yeah. those are all good signings. Ariane, maybe even Vicky Guerrero. Maybe they shouldn't have gone in that direction. And I don't know whose choice it was. Like maybe Brandy Rhodes was friends with her back in WWE and she wanted to give her a shot. But I, I maybe I'm intrigued to see what happens kind of all, you know, for all the wrong reasons, but not expecting a whole lot out of Ariane. And that's the thing though, is, you know, she's been gone for what, two, three years now. Honestly, I would have said five. I don't remember. Okay. Well, I mean, it's, it goes to show you that, you know, maybe she's gotten better. Maybe she's gotten a new moveset. I mean, you got to give her at least that one match to, to see how you feel about her. I mean, granted, yes. What the fuck moment? Definitely a what the fuck moment of the year. But um, you got to give her a chance. Then we get the MJF State of the Industry address. A total, I guess, mockery or spoof on State of the Union, presidential stuff. MJF comes out and he challenges John Moxley to a AEW title shot at All Out. Obviously, this isn't official yet, but I think... It's definitely going to happen. I thought it was a stellar promo. I thought it was great. Dominic, what do you think about the promo? I feel like MJF is the now and f- and future of AEW. Um, he he, like you said, he bleeds the you know the colors of AEW. You can't go wrong with that. Um, now. Do I think it might be a little too soon to give it to him? I'm going to say, yeah. Just, I, I think he needs to eat his first loss first before going after John Moxley. I think he needs but to I think get if he, if he eats that first, if he eats that first loss, it'd be a bigger deal if it is John Moxley instead of him losing to, I, I don't even know, like a Lance Archer or some, I don't even know who it would be. That would make it as big of a deal if it was John Moxley. I mean, John Moxley right now is quote unquote slaying giants, and MJF might not be a literal giant, but he's undefeated. And so that so then would you have MJF win it all out and then have Moxley hand him his first loss maybe a few months later after that? I would say at this point I would have John Moxley go over. I don't think MJF needs to be the champion if they want to go in that direction. I think it says something about maybe some other things in the background. Maybe they're setting up Kenny or Hangman to make that singles push and be that top star. So I think I'm definitely putting it like maybe 70-30 Moxley walking out as champion. But I definitely think there is a possibility of MJF. I I thought when he was doing the state of the industry, I thought he was going to go to Cody. But I thought it was a nice little change of pace for him to go. You know, obviously he'd go for higher aspirations, go for the AEW title instead of the TNT title. Agreed. And I I feel like, uh, you know, I do agree with your 70 30. Um, I'll probably go more of 60 40 just because I feel like they are going to put it on him. And like you said, there are bigger things going on with Kenny and Hangman or some random singles competitor. You know, they're going to have a singles tournament and Jungle Boy is going to win or something. You never know. So, Speaking of John Moxley, he was in the main event teaming up with Darby Allen in a no-DQ tornado tag match. We had Taz, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks. They, cut, they all cut a promo beforehand. I thought it was all really good. Darby Allen, we thought maybe he was attacked or wasn't going to show up, but he attacks the heels before the match starts. The babyfaces end up getting the win. Shout out Ricky Starks taking 
not even, I mean, I guess it's a bump, but he takes the thumbtack deck to the back. My God, that looked atrocious. Should never do that ever again. Don't know why he agreed to that. But Darby Allen gets the win, and next week we're going to see Darby and Mox. We've seen this match before. Darby has been in these marquee matches. He always kind of falls up short. He does the big spot. I think Moxley's going to win, obviously, but I wonder if they're going to do some sort of finish to maybe have it a cop-out or what they're going to do. Because, I mean, at, at a certain point, Darby keeps being in these big matches and he keeps them falling short. Well, I, I feel like it's going to have, the finish is going to be MJF running in and causing a DQ or something. I feel like that's going to help further the, you know, I think you have Moxley earlier in, earlier in the show kind of blow him off like, kid, you're not worth it. You're this, that, this, that. And then he comes out, causes you know, Moxley to lose and shows, Hey, look, I'll fucking take your title too, you know, or, you know, something like that. Or maybe we get something where, uh, I, for some reason I keep wanting to say war horse. What's MGF's big dude's name. Isn't it like, uh, Marlo or Wardlow. There you go. You said yeah, it'd be kind of close and I picked yeah. you up. So gotcha. Wardlow or maybe MJF attacks Darby either before, during or after the match to kind of set up heat that way. Cause Moxley and Darby are kind of a, a tag team at the moment. So I think maybe he can set up heat that way. I think maybe that's how Darby kind of takes his big spot by getting beat up by either MJF or Wardlow. Excited to see the match. I mean, we have seen it before, so I'm not expecting too much out of it, but it should be good. And they also have the debate. So next week is shaping up to be a good dynamite. Then finally, let's go on to NXT. We get EO and Tegan Knox in a tag team match, taking on my girl, Candice, and I guess maybe Dominic's girls, Dakota Kai. Mm, not really but anyways the baby faces get the victory dakota kai walks out on her partner candace takes the pin the baby faces get the win uh pretty straightforward i mean the match was i think that this match was better than the men's tag match opener on AEW. Ooh, shots fired just because it was a standard tag team match instead of 10 guys just all over the place well, that, and I feel like the women's division might be better than some of the men in AEW. Just saying. Then, not exactly after, but later on in the show, we get Dakota Kai explaining her actions. She says that she wants a championship shot because she doesn't want to jump through hoops and go through these title matches or these tournaments and everything like that. Rhea jumps in, who has a full blonde head of hair, and she... Nature ca- boy Ric Flair-like? I mean, if you can't beat him, join him, I guess, right? That that's all. Ultimately, what I was thinking was, oh, you bleach your hair. You look like you know, like a nature a little bit. Charlotte beats you. Mm, are you following in her footsteps now? Mm. I mean, every, I mean, her promo, like her introductory promo, was always like, oh, everyone compares me to Charlotte. Now you're bleaching your hair. I liked her. I mean, it's pretty much the what the exact same hairstyle, but just she completely she Bleached just bleached it. the side of her hair. So yeah, the top. exactly. Um, so it seems maybe we're going to get like a number one contender mash or something or another between Dakota Kai and Rhea. Do you think Kai is the one who ends up on top just because we've seen her attack EO these past few weeks? I hope so. I think Rhea doesn't... If they go to Rhea, I feel like Rhea needs to lose. So I think if Dakota gets it, you can have Dakota have it for a little while and then have Rhea take, her from, take it from her. Then we we didn't see anything from WWE on the Pat McAfee and Adam Cole situation. Triple H came on the Pat McAfee show a few days later, talked about it, and then we finally got a response. We get a recap on NXT. They kind of just go over it. They go over the apology from Adam Cole. 
So they acknowledge it. I was wondering if they weren't going to acknowledge, does that mean that it was a quote unquote work or a shoot or whatever? So does this point to them having a match at NXT TakeOver? No, I think it's still going to be a spot, but not a match. Like it's going to be a segment, not a match. Kind of the undisputed era in general. Do you think they're turning them babyface? Because I felt as though, I mean, if there was fans, if you put Adam Cole and Pat McAfee, who knows if it's a tie, if it's a match or not? But if you just put them two in the ring together, Adam Cole is going to be by far the babyface in that situation. Oh yeah, because everybody loves Adam Cole. Um, I feel like you. I I don't know. I if they're doing it, they're probably doing it very sneaky, like because you know they're not really giving us telltale signs of it. We had Kyle O'Reilly make his return, so we got the boys back. Uh, Imperium has a squash. Undisputed Era comes out and attacks them, sets up a tag team title match next week with Red Dragon. I mean, I think that's kind of why. I think that they're setting up Undisputed Era to go babyface. They are kind of on a losing streak. They're trying to rally the troops right now. They're going up against Imperium, obviously a heel tag team. Maybe not a full-blown babyface. Maybe they're just kind of embracing people like an Undisputed Era. Can't go wrong with that. I mean, even when Stone Cold was a heel, he still got cheered. You embrace the heelism. Embrace it. We get Johnny Gargano taking on Roderick Strong. It's Evolve 2012 all over again. And Johnny Gargano gets the win. Good match. It was kind of an Evolve-esque match. Strong, I mean, this was also kind of the whole thing of Undisputed Era. You know, Adam Cole losing the title. Roger Strong takes the loss here, and yeah, so. Everyone's losing. Does that mean Red Dragon's going to lose next, next week? Possibly. Not, probably. Wait and find out. I mean, we haven't seen Imperium in a while, and they finally come back, and now they're going to be in a tag team match. Maybe there is something going on where they're, you know, they don't want Imperium, so they're just going to put it on New Speed Era. It is kind of always a fallback fall plan. Who knows? We get... Mercedes Martinez making her quote-unquote debut with the Robert Stone brand. She takes on Dominic's girl, Shotzi Blackheart, town business, but unfortunately, she cannot get the job done. Mercedes beats Shotzi. Match was all right. Obviously, it's a good first step for Mercedes, I think, especially with her being a heel, maybe EO being the champion long-term. It's a good person for EO to beat later on down the line. And I feel like she's very strong and dominant, which you know, some of the, I feel like the women's division lacks that kind of more monster esque giant, you know, they, everyone's kind of more on the smaller high flyer side. So I think, uh, I do agree. She's a, she's a good, you know, beast to slay for EO. Then we get Keith Lee cutting a promo. He calls out, uh, Karen cross for what he did to Dijakovic and, you know, he asked, you know, name your time and place and I'll have your match. Uh, Charlotte, come, or not Charlotte, Scarlett comes out and she just kind of stares at Keith. Or, well, first, Karen, or my boy, I want to say his, what's, Cameron Grimes. Thank you for your help, Dominic. I mean, you just, you can't say my boy. Uh, to, I, you got to give me some help here. Well, I mean, I said what segment it was, so you should know who came out beforehand. I watch so much wrestling. I don't know what segment it, it all just blends together. So Cameron Grimes comes out. Blur. He's being Cameron Grimes, laughing and being all Southern heel and stuff. He gets power bomb. Then Scarlet comes out. Then Karrion Cross cuts his little promo on the Titan Tron. And 
that was that. William Regal comes up after and says that he's not going to be bullied into a title match. So we're going to have to stay tuned to find out what exactly happens, even though like a few minutes after that, Undisputed Era attack Imperium and they get a title match next week. So William Regal, not exactly, not exactly listening to his own logic here. Wasn't he supposed to announce like some big announcement? Wasn't the big announcement, the North American triple threat matches leading to the ladder match? Was it? And Dominic, you've already used your veto. God damn it. Just go. Just say it. <laughs> no, just say it. Oh, it's fine. Speaking of the North American triple threat matches, we get one here with Dexter Loomis winning, defeating Timothy Thatcher and Finn Balor. I just don't know what. Mine is blown. I just don't know what NXT sees in Dexter Loomis. Like, yeah, he's kind of a different character, but I really like what they've been doing with Timothy Thatcher. Finn Balor. Love him. Haven't been doing so much since the quarantine. Why is Dexter Loomis winning here? Like, if you don't want Finn Balor in the match because you don't want him to be the champion or lose or whatever, then fine. I would have much rather had Thatcher do the exact same finish, but just flip-flop it. Have Thatcher choke out Loomis. Why is Thatcher the catches catch can superstar getting choked out by Dexter Loomis. I mean, you know, Dexter Loomis was had that whole thing with undisputed era. I mean, I bet you somebody, AKA triple of the ages feels like, you know, he's done a lot. Maybe the fans have seen him. They want him, but I agree with you. I don't see why I thought they're going to go with Finn. Cause I think last week we talked about, um, uh, what was the big? What was the big fat guy that qualified? What was his name? Um, not Dominic Hobson. Not Dempsey. Um, Bronson. Bronson. Um, Action Bronson. Bron- no. Um, Bronson Reed. Bronson Reed. That fat guy. Um, Bronson Reed qualified. Qualifier. Qualify. God, I'm tired. Dom- I'm Dominic, we're almost there. We're almost at the oh. end. Qualif, I can't even say it. Holy shit! Say it for me. You gotta finish this off, Dominic. You gotta. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's not cauliflower. I I can say it, but you know, I'm just gonna I'm, I'm just gonna say he is in the match. There we he go. Go around it. Qualified. There we go. Sure. Qualified. Come on, Dominic. Say it with me. Qualify. Fly. Qualified. Fied. Put it all together. I'm so stupid. Put it all together. <laughs> qualified qualified there, there we go, we go. <laughs> anyways uh so we thought finn balor was going to be the next one so i was uh, i was under the impression that finn was going to do it so i i yeah i don't i don't like it granted is there's still one more person that needs to qualify right or qualified <laughs> you said it again no, there's five people that are supposed to be in the match. There's only been two thus far. And Dominic, we can't hear you. There Fuck. we go. There's good chance somebody else will get in get in this match. Damien Priest is the marquee name in the next match. I forget Which exactly. Which he need he needs to get something, so. Yeah, I mean with these first two matches, the quote unquote superstar didn't win. So with these two underdogs going into the match, I I wonder who exactly, like, is this just going to be kind of a match full of the mid-carders, the up-and-comers? Who exactly knows? I mean, if Damian Priest wins, you know, he's a babyface. That's fine. But 
I, I really thought that this would have been the spot for Finn Balor unless they have other plans for him. He was supposed to do the Walter feud. Obviously, Walter can't be in the country right now because there's kind of a pandemic going on. Don't, do, don't know if you heard. But overall, I thought NXT was good. thought maybe AEW was better, definitely with the MJF promo being the top of that. Shout out to the mascot who is just right in front of the camera. Too bad we're not on the tube of view because we would have got billions and billions of views. Exactly. So that'll do it for us for today. Thank you very much for tuning in. Maybe we'll do a a video game stream with Dominic being off this weekend. Possibly you can see us practicing for the Warzone showdown that's going to happen against Trapdoor to Hell's Travis because we have Trapdoor to Hell's Tyler being our trainer. You know, last time we played, we kind of popped off. We're getting better, Dominic. We are getting better and, you know, got our Fortnite – our Fortnite squad, better than ever. So, you know. Didn't play yesterday. Scheduled day off. That's because somebody was busy. There also was an A's game going on right now. So we all know that A's game equals Tyler and Glenn G time. So maybe we're not going <laughs> to play tonight. I know Dominic has daddy issues. So Tyler rubs it in Dominic's face. We are wrapping up studio audience on yeah. that note. For, for Dominic Hobson, for the studio audience, for the mascot. Ow. Would you like to say anything to close us out, studio audience? What, what do we say? Good night, goodbye, good pinkish.